G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to a very special Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Recently, Dr. Youssef sat down with Jane Robolo to talk about the intriguing content found in his new book, Is the End Near? The conversation was so engaging and powerful that we wanted to share it with you again and provide some bonus material to allow you to dig deeper into the subject of the end times. Let's begin. And if the world is indeed beginning to come apart, are Christians called to try and stitch it back together again? Dr. Youssef, it's not only Christians who are feeling these times. Many non-believers are even kind of saying, what's happening in the world? I just want normal again. Sure. Do you feel like we are in the end times? I do. And I am not what all of our audience and my friends who watch on a regular basis known as an end-time preacher. Uh, I don't have the charts and, uh, you know, those kinds of things. And uh, people have specialized in that, and that's wonderful. But I have come to the conclusion, particularly from just studying the words of Jesus and the indications that he gave us, without having to take a passage from here and a passage from there and then build a system about the return of Christ. But everything that I have read, our Lord Jesus said, will be taking place immediately before his return. Then confirmed again by First and Second Thessalonians, because Paul did not make that stuff up when he told the Thessalonians about the return of Christ and the end times. He learned it from Jesus, the words of Jesus, transmitted to him by the apostles. And so he looks at the whole scripture, he looks at the words of Jesus, and then he delineates some things that we need to know, things that we see. Well, we know one thing. The world is linear. History is linear, and it has a beginning. In the Garden of Eden, there was a beginning where God created man, and that scroll goes all the way to the time when he ends it. And that's why in Revelation he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning, the one who created it, and I'm the, one, the end, and the one who bring it all to an end. I am the beginning and the end, and I, I will say he's also everything in between. But nonetheless, That's what he said. That's how he described himself. He's the beginning and he's the end. And therefore, everything that the Bible tells us about the world coming to an end is real, is true, and we're seeing things we've never seen in history, really, not just our lifetime, because everybody builds their thoughts and philosophies on their lifetime. He can't do that. You have to look at the entire scope of history, particularly 2,000 years of Christian history and the ups and the downs, and the dark ages, and the reformation, and everything else. But we're seeing things and signs that our Lord Jesus said will be taking place immediately before his return that we have never seen before. You know, when you think about him telling us that there's going to be an apostasy, that is, a global apostasy. That Define is, apostasy. I will. <laughs> that is, people who have known or claimed to be Christians— Turn their back on the Christian faith. This is not the atheists and the agnostics and the people who never knew Jesus. 
This is going to be people in the church. And when you think that all the statistics have been showing that between 60 to 70 percent of evangelicals in America, this is evangelicals, let alone Catholics and others, Protestants, believe that there's more ways to God than Jesus, then mm. you know the world is being prepared for that apostasy has already started. And that's one of the things that anchors my conviction that we're coming in. Those are the words of Jesus. He said it's going to be so bad that in Matthew 24, 24, he said it will be so bad that if possible, and now some people misunderstand me, and they'll say, oh, Michael is saying that the elect will be deceived. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. They said it's going to be so bad that even if it is possible, I mean, difficult as it is, but if it's possible, some of the elect are going to be deceived. Mm. That's how bad it's going to be. And you look now at churches where pastors have preached the gospel for 10, 20 years, and then they're coming out, and the big thing now is they're going through deconstruction, that they are now longer believing the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're turning their back, and then they're leading a lot of other people all with them and straight into hell. And so when you see this is happening everywhere, and um, it's happening in Bible-believing churches, at least started that way, and uh, turn their back, that's apostasy. I have a confession to make to you that I was in my early 40s before I ever read the Bible all the way through. And it was a wonderful woman in your church who led me to do that. Right. It changed my relationship with the Lord sure. to read all of it, not just picking bits and through pieces, sections, yeah. bits and yeah. pieces. Yeah. I would like for you to actually make a call to Christians now yeah. who are listening to you. I'm a believer. Mm-hmm. I don't want to fall into apostasy. Right. I don't want to be left behind right. or fall for the Antichrist. Right. What do they need to do to get well, ready? You know, I don't put a lot of faith in statistics, but statistics say less than 18%, 18% of Christians in America read their Bible regularly. 18%. 18%. One-eight. <laughs> Just mm. think about that. We have probably multiple translations in every home. Uh, Bibles are gathering dust. And those people who are neglecting the Word of God, not reading the Word of God, are doing more harm to the Word of God than the despots who burn it and don't allow it to come into their country. And so I'm pleading with you, as we see the signs, go back and read the Word of God because that's your food. And if you don't get fed you're going to become malnourished and spiritually become... uh, Endangered? Yeah, well... Susceptible? Yeah, well, yes, to all diseases and all false teachings. And the reason people said, well, now Reverend Smell Fungus said this, and the Reverend uh, Superduck says this, I said, I don't care who says what, that's including me. Stick with the Word of God. Find out if the Word of God said it or not. Uh, but the, it's a lazy way of going about it. Well, you know, if, if the reverend said it, that must be right. No, it's not. It doesn't well, have to be. That's one of the things I really love about your teaching is that you will say, here's what Michael Youssef thinks, but here's what the Bible says. Yeah. Here, 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 and here. And I'm hearing you say a lot about what Jesus said about the end times. Absolutely. In Matthew 24 and 25. Yes. And it's we Old Testament prophets talked about it. Jesus talked about it. His apostles talked about it. Yeah. But it all comes back to what he said. Yes. And that's where we need to be grounded. Uh, what did he say? Absolutely. If he coexisted with the Father before all worlds, 
The Bible said it's for whom and through whom the world was created. He's from the beginning. He did not just appear in a vacuum for 2,000 years. And the whole Bible from Genesis to Malachi said he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. God is sending his son. And then he appears. And therefore, everything he said must be taken seriously because he is the full revelation of the Father. And he's the only one who's the full revelation of God the Father. And therefore, take his words very seriously. And that's what I do. I take his words very seriously. And that's what I, you know, teach and preach and write about. And he promised he was coming back. Yes. On a cloud, literally? Yep. Well, we literally, I mean, we like to sing about he's coming on a cloud and he said so. Well. What will that look like? And what is that called? I hear about the great tribulation and I hear about the rapture. Sure. Are they two different things? Well, first of all, let me tell about the clouds, because many times the Bible referred to cloud as masses of people. Oh. It's a reference to all those who are coming with him. Ah. In fact, when Paul talks about that in all of his epistles, he said he will appear with all his mighty angels. In fact, he's going to come back with the saints who have gone before us. Wow. And that's a cloud. Hebrews said, we have a cloud of witnesses. Right. What cloud of witnesses? It was by faith, Abraham, by faith, Abel, by faith, by faith, by faith. All this chapter 11 of Hebrews, they're called the Faith Hall of Fame. That's a cloud of witnesses. They are witnesses. And the witnesses saying is, if they did it under the most difficult circumstances, you can do it too. Mm. If they had victory, you can have victory too. With all their problems, they were able to live for Christ. And so the cloud often referred to people in the Hebrew kind of mindset. That's exciting. Yeah, there are a lot of wonderful, wonderful Bible scholars who disagree on the details. And I said, don't get bogged down in the details. All you do, live for that day. And whichever way is going to happen, just be prepared for it. In fact, Paul said, when he appears, we're going to be like him. Mm. That's enough for me. (laughs) That's enough for me. You're right. My grandmother used to say the devil is in the details. You were saying almost quite literally. Yeah. Well, there's some people who actually split churches and fought over this. And there's no reason to. Yeah. The one hill I'll die on, that he is coming back. He's going to judge the world, just like the Nicene Creed and the Apostles' Creed said, he shall come back to judge the living and the dead. Mm. That he is coming back and he will judge the world. And he takes his saints, the believers, to heaven with him. And so... That's enough for me. Uh, There's some things that Jesus said that I hang on to, very important. I'm looking at these birth pangs that are happening in our culture today on this 21st century that I have not seen or read about ever before happening, whether it be signs in the heavens or signs here on the earth and all of that. Uh, That makes me even more excited about living and working, and uh, you know, God bless those who retire. I will never retire. <laughs> I want to go straight from working here to heaven. And the reason I spend every waking moment trying to f- figure out how to get the gospel to the ends of the earth, how to, is because I believe this is near, and uh, I'm, and I'm urging people. I go on my knees and beg people to come to Christ because when the time comes and that door shut, like the Bible said. God shut the door of the ark of Noah. He's going to shut that door, and mercy has gone forever. I'm so glad you I can, brought it I now. can fall apart in tears. Yes, because it's horrifying. Yeah. Once it happens, it happens, and no more mercy. Mercy is now. Grace is now. The opportunity is now. But when that day comes, that door of mercy is closed, 
and the merciful Christ who died on that cross is going to be the judge sitting on the bench and holding us accountable. For the non-believers, going to be the judgment of hell. For the believers, are going to have a different opportunity to account in terms of their rewards, but that's a different thing. For that now, therefore, there is no condemnation upon those who are in Christ Jesus. This is the time to give this condemnation up and receive his commendation. I can't imagine anything more horrible than Jesus looking at me and saying, I don't know you. Yes, yes. And yet, that's what he said that's going to happen. When someone said, but you did this and we did this and we did this for you. I don't know you. I don't know you. And the person can, can literally do charitable work 24-7, uh, all of their life. Is not going to get you to heaven. Only Jesus will get you to heaven. And the only way to know Jesus, and he will know you, is when you come to him and say, you're my Savior, you're my Lord. I'll live my life to honor and serve you. You mentioned that when the door of the ark, of Noah's ark, closed. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. God destroyed the world once. Yeah. What's the relationship? Will, will it be similar? No, he said he will not do that again with floods. Yeah. But Jesus talks about the fire that will not die and the worms that will not die. So there's ongoing, 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 day in and day out, suffering. The very wonderful things that we see, the sun is shining in the morning and the moon at night and the air and the, we breathe and the grass and, and all the wonderful things, the rain that comes to nourish the earth, all of that's gone. All of that's gone. It will be utter darkness, 24-7, utter darkness, utter loneliness. You know, one of those uh, scallywags who said, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't mind going to hell. I'm going to hang out with all interesting people. And uh, they're not be interesting. You're not going to hang out with anybody because you're going to be absolutely solitary confinement according to the Word of God, utter darkness, all alone. All you do is burning in contemplation about all the rejection that you have expressed to Christ and to His open hands and welcoming you and telling you to come and say, no, no, no. You're going to spend the rest of that eternity just agonizing in pain and suffering over this decision that you made right here. The world makes light of hell, but Jesus talked about hell a lot. Of course they do, and they make a joke of it because Satan wants that. He wants to take as many people with him to hell because, see, here's the thing. The Bible said that hell is really made for Satan and his angels. It's designed for Satan because he rebelled against God and was thrown out of heaven and took third of the angelic being with him. So these are demonic forces and Satan's angels. And so God prepared hell for them. But everyone who rejects Jesus and embraces Satan's ideology or philosophy or whatever it is that weighs, are going to be with him. So By you, their own choice. The You're saying choice. God does not send them there. They've chosen that. Absolutely. It is... And nobody is going to say, this is not fair, because they're going to see with clarity on those last days, they're going to see with clarity, I deserve to be here. Mm. I know I rejected God. I know I mocked Christians. I know I mocked the whole concept of hell and heaven. I know I did this. I brought myself here. And so, you know, nobody else will be blamed except oneself. 
Everyone is responsible for himself or herself. But then it's too late. It's too late. So as we look at the tribulation, it's going to, I'm not going to actually ask yeah. you to kind of define sure. that, but we, yeah. we know from Jesus' words that it will be a time of great difficulty, exactly. especially for believers. Yes. Count on the Holy Spirit. Yep. Intentionally die to self every day. Yep. Read your Bible. Right. Connect with other believers. Yes. If the end times are near, yep. or even if they're not, what are you admonishing Christians to do right now? Right. Well, the most important thing, and you just said it, and that is live in community. Mm. You, have, you have to belong to a community of believers where you hold each other accountable, but also encourage each other. Uh, speak the gospel to each other. Remind each other of the return of Christ. Remind each other of all the promises of God in the scripture. That's what iron sharpens iron. And that's very, very important, particularly in these last days. It's very, very important to be in a Christian community, Bible-believing community. You know, you take a, a log of, uh, out of the fireplace and leave it alone. It will die very quickly. But you put it back in the fireplace and will light up. And so we all need that. It is absoluteness of necessity. I'm doing preaching all over the place, but I am always want people to be in the church. And I'm not just being a pastor, but also I long to see people in churches, Bible-believing churches. That's the longing of my heart. So it's very important as you read the scripture, you study it together, but also encourage one another, uplift one another. And that early church, they said, oh, look how they love each other. Yeah. And that was really their testimony. And so we need to get back into a loving community. You cannot do this on your own. It's impossible. <laughs> I know I've tried it in my earlier days, and I thought, well, I don't want to be part of this. And I, was, and I immediately got clobbered. <laughs> and I realized that I have to humble myself and be part of another community who love Jesus and therefore can speak into my life and I speak into their life. Michael, as we hear you talk about Jesus' words about the end times yes. and the fact that you believe that it is near, what do you admonish people to do? I mean, should we worry over famines that may occur from the, the Russia's war on Ukraine? And how do we look at all of these things and, and process that day by day? Sure. Well, Jesus said, look at the birds, look at the, I mean, he, he's going to provide. Mm. He's going to provide for his own. And even Habakkuk, when he said, the righteous shall live by faith, in the middle of all the things that he's saying, the horrible things are going to happen with the Babylonian exile, Habakkuk said, but the righteous shall live by faith, meaning God is going to take care of the righteous in the midst of all that. And that is the verse that actually ignited the Reformation with Martin Luther, wow. uh, the righteous shall live by faith. And so don't live in worry, don't live in fear. God has provided, he will provide. God does not bless his children based on what the Dow Industrial Average is doing or what the stock market is doing. Now he's going to bless his children regardless of what the world event is uh, taking place. You mentioned the Reformation. Might we see another Reformation? Might we see some big global evangelism happening? It is the cry of my heart that we see an awakening before the return of Christ. I'm dedicating myself to doing that myself, going on the road and preaching and, and wanting to see an awakening, a revival of people's eyes are open and repent of their sins and come to Jesus, fall in love with Jesus. So that's the longing of my heart. Now, whether it will happen in my lifetime or happen at all, it doesn't matter. John Wesley is the one who said this. He said, I pray and live as of Christ coming this afternoon. 
but I plan as if he's not coming for a hundred years. Mm. And so, you know, to me, that's a great model. I live, I pray, I'm longing for his return, but I'm also planning evangelistic events all over the world, literally, uh, in 2023, and uh, as well as taking the gospel through the media. And so, if God sends a great awakening, wonderful. If he doesn't, he comes back, wonderful. And this is, this is the great thing about the Christian life. I'm cool one way or the other. I mean, it's like kids would say, I'm cool. <laughs> Whichever happens, I'm fine. Yeah. Well, I think people are going to be very excited to know, Michael, that everything that we have talked about right now, you have put together in a book. Right. And the book is, Is the End Near? Yes. And the answer is very clearly, yes, we've been discussing this. Yep. I have to say, it is an incredible book. You go into great detail about what some of these signs are that we right. see right now. There are parts in there that we could be a little bit afraid of. Sure. But really, it's all about hope. Yeah. And it's about Jesus. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, what inspired you to finally pull all of this together and put it in a book? Well, I wrote this book because I believed, as I studied Matthew 24 and 25 particularly, and after Jesus says all about these things and about the birth pangs and so on, and then he goes in and talks about the parable of the ten virgins. One had the oil, one didn't. They both in the same time, they both went to sleep. They both have so many similarities. It's like people who go to the same church. But one is prepared for the return of Christ and one isn't. Mm. And so I wanted to use this book not only to ignite hope in the life and the heart of the believers, but it's also warned the non-believers to take opportunity of this is a day of salvation, come to him. And so it is my prayer. This is, I consider this and people probably heard me say this before, but this one is the most important book simply because of its inevitability of what's going to happen. Mm. And therefore, the, the warning, the, the pleading, and the lifting up of that hope that you can live joyful and the world will be falling apart and the government doing all kinds of things and the political parties and this and that and the other thing. And you can say, well, I'm, I know what's going to happen. I have hope in Christ. My hope is built on nothing less than Christ's righteousness, and therefore I don't worry. I don't live in fear. So that book is going to really bless all young, old, everybody in between when they read it and digest it and realize that this is only what Jesus said. It's not necessarily, and if I ever express an opinion, whether it be in sermons or books, I always say that's my opinion. I do not mix or confuse my opinion with the Word of God. Because the Word of God is the Word of God. And I never say, thus says the Lord, if I, it's, it's my opinion. And so that, that book is going to be really a blessing to a lot of people. And so we've come to the end of our time together today. Thank you for listening. Just before I go, have you secured your free tickets to Leading the Way Live with Dr. Yusuf at the International Convention Centre in Sydney on November 26th? You'll hear Dr. Yusuf share in person, along with internationally renowned musical guest, Mac Powell. Visit ltw.org slash Australia for more. ltw.org slash Australia. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Yusuf, passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth around the world. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.